So Zionism is often conflated with being pro-Israel. And that's a problem because what it turns into is this mockery of Zionism where the Israelis and the Palestinians are turned into teams. Am I a Red Sox fan or am I a Yankee fan? Am I a Lakers fan or am I a Clippers fan? By the way, I'm a Clippers fan. I don't know sports, by the way, so just be careful with those metaphors. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Wondering Jews with Michal and Noam. I'm Michal. And I'm Noam. And this podcast is our way of trying to understand the Jewish world. We don't have it all figured out. So let's figure it out together. So, Noam, as you know, we start these conversations with questions from our listeners to get to know each other. So Jacob sent the following question. What is your favorite Jewish holiday? Jacob, I like the question. And by the way, if you have other questions, email us at wonderingjews at jewishunpack.com. Jacob, without thinking it through very quickly, I'm just going to jump in and answer right away. It's Pesach. Oh, no, Passover. no, that's my answer. Okay, so tell me why. I don't. Two of us don't have to answer the why. You go for it. Passover, I'm kind of obsessed with the Passover story. And I think it's the holiday that I most connect to on a spiritual level. So that's, that's me. It's not the food, it's the spiritual aspect. Okay, so I love the food also. I think the food is actually very good. Even though you're Ashkenazi, you like the food. Even though I'm Ashkenazi, I like the food. First of all, I, I like matzah pizza, not the fancy stuff. I like the cardboard sauce, cheese. By the way, during COVID, when we had Passover by ourselves, just my immediate family, one of the things that we did is we let that matzah sauce and cheese last. It was like the Hanukkah miracle, but on Passover, it lasted for like two months. Our kids were pounding that. It was excellent. Okay, so Passover because you like matzah pizza, basically? Yeah, yeah. Is that a bad reason? Uh, no, no, it's a good, it's a good. <laughs> <laughs> to be serious beyond the matzah pizza, it's also the most unbelievable Jewish educational experience possible. I actually think that I view that night of telling the story of the Exodus as the anniversary of Jewish education in the sense that that night is the night where you could really learn as parents, as young people, as teenagers, as children, you could learn what a good Jewish educational experience ought to be. It's experiential, it's inquisitive, it's curiosity inducing, it's all these great techniques of what good education looks like. That's awesome. I think next time we should ask, um, what's your least favorite Jewish holiday? Oh, that's... Uh, we'll get better answers there. Okay. But now let me ask a question, uh, not Jacob. What I want us to talk about today, Noam, is as follows. I know that there's a lot of conversations going on around like Israel and anti-Semitism. And very often questions keep coming up, at least in my circles, but I'm going to assume your circles as well, Yeah. around anti-Zionism. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, what is anti-Zionism? Is anti-Zionism, anti-Semitism, all of these things. Yeah. And one of the things that is hard for me sometimes is that people very often jump into big debates and we don't define our terms. Yes. So what I want us to try to do today is to try to offer like working definitions. They don't have to be perfect. But when we say the word Zionism and when we say the word anti-Zionism, what do we mean by this? Okay, and I'm not assuming we're going to agree on our definitions, and we also might change our mind or have multiple definitions, but it's just good to try to understand what are the terms that we are using. I think that's so important. I actually personally get so annoyed when we're having conversations and debates in life, and the debate is about the meaning of the terminology, and we don't even realize that when we're having that debate. And so at the end of the debate, what could end up happening is we're all agreeing with each other. It's not a debate. It's a conversation. And if we had the clarity beforehand on what the terms 
meant in our own heads when we were talking about them, then we would never even be in disagreement. It's incredibly unclear and it doesn't have to be. Right. I think, by the way, for me, the best example for that, I don't know if you've experienced this, but the number of times that I have seen people talk about anti-Zionism, but they talk about it as though it is just criticizing Israel. Am I making sense what I'm saying right now? It's, it's making total sense. And I actually want to jump off of that to start my answer to your question. Okay, okay, go for it. So it's going to be a three-part answer. It's going to be what Zionism is not, <laughs> okay. what Zionism is, and then what anti-Zionism is. can answer what anti-Zionism is without first understanding what Zionism is, and we can't answer what Zionism is if we have a faulty definition of Zionism. Okay, but one second, just to make sure that I understand. So you're saying that you're going to start by saying what Zionism isn't, but that is different yes. than your third answer, which is what is anti-Zionism. Yes. Okay, yes. go for it. It feels like a Pesach, okay. Passover, Seder night kind of opportunity. Yeah. So Zionism is often conflated with being pro-Israel. And that's a problem because what it turns into is this mockery of Zionism where the Israelis and the Palestinians are turned into teams. Am I a Red Sox fan or am I a Yankee fan? Am I a Lakers fan or am I a Clippers fan? By the way, I'm a Clippers fan. I don't know sports, by the way, so just be careful with those metaphors. Good point, good point. We turn Zionism into a team sport, and it's not a team game. That's not what this is. What Zionism is not, it's not a settler colonial movement. That's not what it is. It's not created to negate Palestinian identity, and it's not something that is meant to simply parrot the Israeli government's positions on things. Okay, one second. Now. You just said a lot of things together, and I just want to make sure, sure. that I understand, because it sounds like I, I didn't have a typology coming into this, but it sounds like you have a lot, <laughs> you put a lot of thought into this. Okay. I think a lot about this question. Okay, first of all, you're saying a lot of people like to say that Zionism is just being pro-Israel or pro-what pro the Israel. Israeli government is doing. Yeah, support Israel. Okay, support, yes. okay. Uh, and that's not what Zionism is. Then you said Zionism is also, you mentioned the words settler colonial state. Yes. What do you mean by that? What I mean by settler colonial state in this context is an entity, a sovereignty, a, a, a government that was created from another government to extend the hegemony of that government in order to make more money for that government in order to create a larger empire. That's not what Zionism is. Okay, so you're saying Zionism is not this colonialist project. Correct. Okay, great. Right, and I'm defining a colonialist project as a project that one government created, let's say the British government or the American government or the French government, and the goal of that government was to go across the world to make more money by being in all of these different places, all these different countries, and the goal of the colonists would be to make more money for that government. That is not the goal of Zionism. Okay, good. Okay. And by the way, a different episode, Now we should talk about different definitions of like colonialism, settler colonialism, and all those things. Great. Yeah, I, 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 and I'm not claiming, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who are listening like, wait, there's a lot more to colonialism. And, and didn't certain early Zionists describe what they were building as colonies? Yes, yes, and yes. But you're right. It should be a whole separate episode about what we mean by colonies. But here's what Zionism is. Okay. Here's how I view Zionism. Okay. Zionism is the activation of the Jewish people on the world stage. That's what Zionism is. And I'm very careful with my language here. I am saying that Zionism is the returning of the Jewish people to the world stage as actors 
and not simply in the crowd. Wait, no, I'm, yeah. I'm still not sure that I understand or agree with what you just said. Okay. 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 So you're saying Zionism is that the Jews return as actors to the world stage. Yes. I'm assuming you're saying that it's Jews who are deciding to to act in history, to basically like shape their own destiny. So are you talking yes. about an ideology, a historical moment? Tell me a little bit more. Yeah. So I'm describing an ideology and the ideology was a great debate between, and I don't know if they ever like said, hey, you and I are debating it this way. And this is our analysis of the debate, but between two great thinkers, okay, Theodor Herzl and Achad Am. These were two great early Zionist thinkers. Zionism was doing one of two things. It was either solving the problem of the Jews or it was solving the problem of Judaism. Okay. What do you mean by the problem of the Jews and the problem of Judaism? Okay. So for Herzl, what it means is solving the problem of the Jews was there was so much anti-Semitism in the world, like an insane amount, not Holocaust anti-Semitism. People like to talk about, well, if there was no Holocaust, there would be no Jewish state, right? But no, it's actually much more than that. Years, years, decades before the Holocaust, there was so much anti-Semitism that Theodor Herzl said, the Jews cannot be successful as people. They cannot go into the world and achieve. And the only way to solve that problem was to create sovereignty. He cared less about it being in the ancestral homeland of the Jewish people. Not that he didn't care about it. He did care about it, but he cared less about that. He cared about making sure that the Jewish people were able to have political sovereignty. And if you could give the Jewish people political sovereignty, then you could solve the problem of the Jews. Okay, so let's just recap. So we're talking about 19th century Western Europe, tons yeah. of anti-Semitism in societies that were supposed to have been more enlightened, more emancipated. Yeah. You're not supposed to have yeah. this problem anymore. Um, yeah, and when you, exactly. when you say Herzl believed in political sovereignty as the answer to this, what do you mean by that? Well, he thought that the reason that the Jewish people were hated so much is because they were unlike everyone. And if they could simply be like everyone else hmm. and they wouldn't just be ghosts in the crowd, that anti-Semitism would disappear. He genuinely believed that anti-Semitism would be ended with the creation of the Jewish state. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. Now. I'm like, I always find it so bittersweet to think about Herzl's kind of like dreams and the state of Israel today. Why? Because on the one hand, as a Zionist, and I haven't defined it yet, I do believe the state of Israel is one of the great protectors of Jewish life and one of the great responses mm -hmm. to anti-Semitism. But it is also absolutely the opposite of what Herzl expected and hoped for. Yeah. Herzl basically expected that if, you know, and he was also speaking, let's just acknowledge at a time of like a lot of like nationalism. Yeah. So he expected if Jews have nationalism, if we're not just always this minority, but we actually have a state, if we are, in your language, political actors, then we're not going to be hated. And I mean, sitting here in 2024, right? We're in 2024. Yeah, that's where we are. That's where we are. <laughs> and so much of what I would see as anti-Semitism today really stems from, you know, hatred towards that one Jewish state. So, so I always find it really bittersweet. I couldn't agree with you more. It's one of these examples of with the other great question that we've asked, is anti-Semitism something that will always exist or is it just contingent on certain historical moments and realities? It makes me feel like the answer to that question is 
it will always express itself in different ways. But we're not answering whether or not anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism just yet. That's a separate conversation. That's a broader conversation. Yeah, I'm still waiting for you to define Zionism. So yeah, go for it. Okay, so let me let me continue. Okay. I'm going to get us there because one definition of Zionism is what I already gave you about the activation of the Jewish people returning as political actors and what Zionism was trying to accomplish. What Herzl wanted to accomplish was to solve the problem of the Jews. Achad Ha'am had a totally different view of it. Who was Achad Ha'am? Achad Ha'am was a great thinker in the late 19th century, a Zionist thinker, early Zionist uh, poet. Achad Ha'am was, in some ways, the soul of the Zionist movement. That's the way I'm going to view him uh, and, and talk about him right now. And he looked at someone like Herzl, and he said, whoa, whoa, whoa. there is nothing interesting about Jewish sovereignty if the Jewish state is not producing Jewish culture, okay? Zionism is not merely there to create a new state, but Zionism is there to create a new sort of Judaism. And that new sort of Judaism would be something that would have as its spiritual or cultural epicenter the Jewish people coming together and saying, let's create Jewish culture, Hebrew ideas, Hebrew language. And so maybe this is a not fair reading of Herzl, but the Zionism that Herzl was about was create the new state. And if you create the new state, then it'll solve the problem of anti-Semitism. It'll solve the problem for the Jews. Haram wasn't interested in that. He thought Judaism was problematic in many ways. And the way to solve the problem of Judaism, to give it more life, more oomph, more culture, was the activation of Jewish culture, of Jewish ideas. Well, it's also to take it out of like a diaspora minority experience. If you can have a home for Jews, you can actually have a different type of Judaism. Right? Wait, wait, say that. Explain that. Um, I think I'm adding uh, to what you're saying about Haram. Yeah that part of the reason that Achad Am is a Zionist is that he believes that once you are in a in your own Jewish state, Jewish home, you have majority Jewish culture, right? You can actually create yeah, exactly. a, a more yes. vibrant type of Judaism that you could in like a village in Russia, you know what I mean? Where you don't have autonomy exactly. and ability to do things. Okay, so right now, Noam, so I'm gonna, so we have a Herzl, people I think identify with like political Zionism, solving for anti-Semitism. Yes. Echadam yes. trying to create flourishing, vibrant Judaism. Yeah. So I'm telling you what I mean when I say I'm a Zionist. Okay. What I mean when I say I'm a Zionist is I want the Jewish people to be activated. I view Zionism as a verb. It's something that you do. You get out and you accomplish. You make things happen. You're part of the world. You don't passively just let the world happen to you. That's what it means to be Zionist. That's how I understand it. And yes, of course, it's tied to the ancestral homeland of the Jewish people, which is the land of Israel. And that's certainly how it's developed over time. But it's so much more than just simply saying, I support Israel. Of course, I support Israel. Yes, I support Israel. Do I support every Israeli policy? No. And what I've seen from people, Michal, is that people feel they have permission to be a Zionist when they don't simply have to agree with every single 
thing that comes out of the government or any government. Okay, but wait a second now. I'm going to like disagree or push back a little bit for a second. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I didn't know we we're going to disagree on what it means to be a Zionist. I was, I thought this was reserved for the anti-Zionism part of the conversation. Okay. okay. You're basically saying to be a Zionist is to believe that Jews have political agency and Jews should control their own destiny. But yes, but I, I yeah, but, but their own destiny, which I think is deeply and intrinsically connected to the Jewish state. Yeah, but once you make that your definition of Zionism, most people would agree with that. Like, yeah, Jews should control their own destiny. You know, even people who call themselves anti-Zionists. So I'm like, do you have your own definition that no one else agrees? I'm just curious. Have you used this definition with people? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what it means to use it with people, but I, <laughs> I, that's how I, <laughs> that's how I think of it. I think it's the act. But, but do you feel I, comfortable like, having I, I a definition that not everybody else does? Yes, I do. Because you have I, agency because you're a Zionist. I, I, I'm a Zionist. I really don't think it's simply me being like, hey, I have a totally different definition. Because I think the only way to activate your identity is to have the Jewish state. Because the Jewish state in the Jewish homeland with the Jewish people, that's when you connect the soul and the body together. Okay. And so I, I deeply believe in okay, it wait. because of that. That That is what Zionism is. Okay, well, you just... It's the activation of all of okay, it. Okay, you just added, like, a layer to it that, I, that, that we should acknowledge, okay? This makes it a little okay. bit less capacious, right? So it's about activating Jewish political agency, right? Being agents shaping our destiny and doing so through the Jewish state in a place where the body and the soul, the Herzl and the Chada'am can yeah. live together. Yeah. So, Michal, Michal, tell me where, not where we disagree, but tell me, just assert your definition of Zionism. Okay, well, a couple of things. First of all, you know, um, Sephardic Jews, and I'm Sephardic, Middle Eastern, you know, we, we yeah. yearned for Zion. And, you know, we didn't have Herzl and Chada'am. We had other rabbis and other thinkers who advocated for Zion in different ways. So I don't think of political Zionism as like the only type of Zionism. But but I'll tell you something, Noam, and it's a little bit raw, and I might disagree with myself in a couple of weeks. That's the best. That's the best. Yes, we have permission. We have permission to change our minds. Yes, we have a mandate. That sounds even better. Wow. Wow. So I actually, I have been wondering if trying to give such such beautiful, elegant, thoughtful, thorough definitions of Zionism Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm, you are the problem. You are the no. problem. Okay. Yeah, go, go for it. Go for it. Yeah, let me hear. No, like with all of the conversations that are happening right now, and it's like, are you a Zionist? Aren't you? What's the ideology? Tell me the history. I'm like, for me to be a Zionist means that um, the state of Israel was founded in 1948. And that if I could go backwards and I had two choices for history to go forth with the state of Israel happening or not go forth with it being established, that I would say, yes, go forth. Okay? That is my definition of Zionism. It's a minimalist definition of Zionism. Much clearer more, and simpler than I mine. Mean, so thank you for so, that. But thank you for affirming that. No, By the way, not simple and like stupid, like simplistic. <laughs> I mean, like simple and clear. So thank you. No worries. No worries. No. So I think for me, it's like a little bit clear and it cuts through some of the noise. Because there's noise of people saying, well, I disagree with the ideology, or there's always been Jewish anti-Zionists, or there's uh, all, all of those things. And for me, it's just pretty, pretty simple. Like, there is a state, there are people in this state, it's a Jewish state, okay? So let's not ignore that. You could go backwards, should it go forth, should it not? And then today, how do you live based on that? Because for me, this actually ends up helping define anti-Zionist, right? And I hate, by the way, when people are like, 
well, anti-Zionism isn't so bad because you should critique the state of Israel. I'm like, every Zionist critiques the state of Israel. Right. Like every day right. of the week, you know what I mean? Like we all critique the yeah. state of Israel, oh, yeah. the, the government, like that's all we do. Yeah. But uh, And then anti-Zionism is basically the kind of attitude that wishes the state of Israel wasn't created and supporting right. any sort of action or dialogue or whatever to to go backwards in history and, and change that. That's that's where I am right now in terms of my definition. Yeah, I think your, your definition is a great definition. Thank you. I think it works. And I want to pick up on something earlier that you said, because I, I think we went a little too quickly past it, where you talked about the Sephardic uh, connection to Zionism, the yearning for Zion, the yearning for Jerusalem, the yearning for Israel, before and also simultaneously to Herzl and the other great uh, early Zionists in the late 19th, early 20th century. The reason I want to talk about that is I want to go to Herzl's text where Can he we talks put it about, in the show notes if we want for everybody to follow? Yeah, let's put it in the show notes. Der Judenstaat, uh, which is either uh, translated as the Jewish state or the Jews state, if you want to be really nerdy. And he writes, Herzl writes the following. The idea which I have developed in this pamphlet is a very old one. It is the restoration of the Jewish state. I just love that one sentence because it's exactly what you're saying, Micha. It really is. The point is that it's not that Herzl was coming up with this new idea. It's called Zionism. That's that's how people talk about it. That there was like the Jewish world existed, there was history, and all of a sudden history and then all of a sudden Herzl comes and he's like, Oh, I got an idea, world. Here's the idea. It's called Zionism, where the Jewish people are going to create a Jewish state. His point is, Michal, what? You live in wherever you live, Syria, Lebanon, Algeria, Tunisia, Iraq, Iran. We know that the Jewish people have always had an old idea which is the restoration of the Jewish state. Yeah. What do you think no, of that? I, I, yes, that uh, it's funny. I was speaking with a friend of mine um, a couple of days ago. We're, we're putting together some classes on like Israel and Zionism. And I was being a little bit pedantic because he was going to teach Herzl. And I said, well, that is the emergence of political Zionism. He's like, just call it Zionism. I'm like, no, I want to call it political Zionism. He disagreed with me, whatever. I said, I want to call it political Zionism because to me, this is, it's new but based on something very old, which is the yes. the yearning of the Jews yes. for Zion. And also the fact that we have like in Jewish history, we've had Jewish commonwealths, Jewish kingdoms. In We had Jewish national home in the land of Israel. So 100%, 100% with you there. It's a new idea based on an old yearning and an old history. Yeah, the, the reason I love Herzl, by the way, three letters, the three letters are G-S-D. Get stuff done. And, and, and that's what Herzl did. He was someone who got stuff done. They, yeah, there were uh, many other Zionist thinkers, and there were great rabbinic leaders they were, who always yearned for Zion, who moved themselves and their families. And, you know, whether it's Yehuda Halevi or who lived uh, like a thousand years before him or, uh, or, or Nachmanides, uh, Ramban, who lived 1194 to 1270. And another great rabbi, the Vilna Gaon, mm-hmm. Rabbi Elijah Kramer. Also, Weird bit of knowledge. Know his years as well. 1720 to 1797. I think that's your that's your talent, right? You know, the dates of every single major Zionist thinker. Um, but anyway, they all moved 
to Israel. They love it. They love the Jewish state. Love Zion. They didn't have Zionism, proto-Zionism, whatever. They had no Jewish state. They didn't have a Jewish state. By the way, neither, neither did Herzl. But Herzl gathered people together, and, and he made it happen. He made it happen. So for me, the definition of anti-Zionism, Yeah, that's what I was going to get to, because well, you were going to forget that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 100% I was going to forget it. But I was thinking about it in the context of that very simple sentence. The idea which I have developed in this pamphlet is a very old one. It's the restoration of the Jewish state. And then he says this. We have honestly endeavored everywhere to merge ourselves in the social life of surrounding communities and to preserve the faith of our fathers. We are not permitted to do so. In vain are we loyal patriots, our loyalty in some places running to extremes. In vain do we make the same sacrifices of life and property as our fellow citizens. In vain do we strive to increase the fame of our native land and science and art or her wealth by trade and commerce. And I read that 120 plus years later. And I'm thinking to be an anti-Zionist is to be someone who doesn't understand just how much the Jewish people need the Jewish state. That's what it is. How could you not realize how badly the Jewish people need to affirm their selfhood through autonomy, through self-determination, through the construction of Hebrew culture? Like, that is what it means to be a Zionist, and yes, to be a safe haven from the rabid anti-Semitism that has always existed but, and continues to exist today. But, but no, I'm, okay, one second. Yeah. So for you, anti-Zionism is basically not recognizing, using Herzl's like, language, that yeah. the extent and potency of anti-Semitism even like in enlightened societies, requires... Yeah. No, am I saying it wrong? No, you're saying it right, but it's more than that. And to me, I, I, what I'm getting at, I mean, this is all being constructed. This, yeah. It's the negation of Jewish identity to me. That's really why, what it is. Why? I want to understand, because I don't think I, I... I think I have a, just a different definition, but why is it the negation of Jewish identity? Because you cannot have a full, healthy Jewish identity without the creation of the Jewish state. For all the reasons I spoke about before which is the restoration of the Hebrew language and Hebrew culture, which I do not think would have had emerged without the Jewish state, of the very fact that 46% of world Jewry right now lives in Israel because they came, you know, people in the United States often have this United States-centric approach to life, but they came from Kiev, they came from Addis in Ethiopia, they came from, you know, different parts of North Africa and the Middle East, and that's where they came from. And they all came to this one state where they were able to assert their own full Jewish identity. And they were trying to say, we have endeavored so hard for so many years to be loved. Just love me. And, and eventually, maybe people will and maybe people won't. But eventually, the point was, you got to do this yourself. You got to do this in your own land, in your historical ancestral land. And there are going to be things that people are not going to like about what you do. And you're not going to do things that are great all the time. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to make errors. You're going to make moral, ethical lapses. You're going to have those. And also, you're going to be creating your own identity. And so the negation of that identity is the problem that I have. Okay. The one, I mean, the one flaw with it is that <laughs> people could just really disagree with you about what a healthy Jewish identity looks like, right? That's fair. What's, what's yours? What's yours? My, my what? 
What is your definition of a healthy Jewish identity? Oh, I didn't prepare that. I prepared into Zionism. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> a healthy national Jewish identity. How could you have a healthy national Jewish identity without the Jewish state? Well, again, can I play devil's advocate without agreeing with myself for a second? I'm just going <laughs> to... Yes, of <laughs> <Thank> course. <you. laughs> we had anti-Zionist Jews of all stripes and forms throughout history. I mean, in the last hundred years. We can talk about like religious anti-Zionism, political... No, I'm not an anti-Zionist. I'm a proud Zionist. Okay. So let me just express why I think we have different notions here. And I actually want to tease out when is your approach helpful and when is my helpful. Because I think they can be helpful at different moments. Okay. I think for me right now, it does feel like there's battles that are happening, whether I like it or not. I think that October 7th to me, I have no way but to interpret it um, vis-a-vis October 8th. And like the crazy rise of anti-Semitism and anti-Zionism. So for me, I want to have like a clear definition that explains why I'm against anti-Zionism. And to me, there's a debate in which there's millions of Jews on the line and Jewish lives on the line. And in which we saw October 7th, what that could look like. And this is why I'm, a, you know, I'm, I'm not only am I not an anti-Zionist, but I think it's deeply, deeply dangerous because it's basically like an attempt to say 1948 was wrong and we want to go back and try to like undo some of that. Yeah. So that's that's where I think mine, mine is helpful. Like, I can tell you where I think yours I, is I helpful. Think, yeah. Well, let me, let, me, let me pause you for a second. I think that that's incredibly helpful. I think it's incredibly important. I love it. Okay. Thank love you. It. Thank yeah. you, Noam. Um, but, but what mine doesn't do, which yours does, and by the way, I'm not always going to do this, like, you know, make both of ours sound good. <laughs> <laughs> Yours is terrible. So you're saying I, I get, this is it. This is so okay. So today I get to hear from Michal Bitone <laughs> why my definition of something was not exclusively bad. Go for it. Um, sure, I'll, I'll give it my best shot now. Um, okay. No, no. I think what you're doing right now is almost what I would like to do when I'm not caught up in October seventh and anti-Semitism and like fear, which is like an aspirational okay. vision, which is. Hey, Zionism is not only about, you know, fighting our battles. It's literally about a healthy Jewish identity. And the fact that you asked me that question, I'm like, I'm like, oh, one second, I, I need to think about this. Maybe it says a little bit about me and like responding to this moment right now that I, I don't feel like I'm fully there all the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think I think that that's like a like a helpful moment to think about the Zionist project, not only about kind of like establishing Israel, defending it, but but about shaping history, having a healthy Jewish identity, having our bodies and our souls and our history, the old and the new kind of connected to each other. What's your takeaway, Noam? What's your takeaway? My takeaway is that I think that your simplification of are you happy with 1948 or are you not happy with 1948? I think that's a very helpful framing for the question of are you a Zionist? Are you an anti-Zionist? I think it's a really helpful framing. It's 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 simple and not simplistic. It's straightforward and it's clear. And I, I do want to make the pitch as I'm thinking about this is that Zionism is a whole world view. And, and because of that, it's hard for me personally to just, you know, just jump into like these very straightforward, simple definitions of what Zionism is, when I think that it's a huge identity question. And when something's a huge identity question, I think it. I think it's really important for all of us to explore what it means when we say we are that thing. We are Zionists. Well, what does that mean? Um, 
So that's how I'm thinking about it. Yeah. That's my takeaway. Yeah, uh, maybe one takeaway. Like, um, I wonder if we actually just need multiple definitions for different things. If I'm having like a quick conversation or even argument when I need to quickly define Zionism, and often like, it's in the context of contemporary events, then I think having like a simple, quick, I would call it very minimalist definition is helpful. But I think if I'm learning or if I'm trying to grow or if I'm engaging like in Jewish community building, then... Uh, or if I'm chatting with you, Noam, who knows all the dates by heart, then then actually having this like more like thick, complex, nuanced understanding of the history, the complexity, the layers, and and, and how these layers kind of like add to our lives, that's really helpful. So so maybe we should just like not have like have different definitions for different contexts. That might be one uh, one way to think about it. But also this conversation is just the beginning. Like we're just beginning to touch a little bit of some of like the huge, we didn't yeah. even, you know, no, yeah. we did not touch on anti-Zionism and anti-Semitism. That's like huge. Anti-Zionism and anti-Semitism. I can't wait to discuss that with you. That's going to come up in the next episode. Fine. And then what else? Also, we didn't touch, you know what? Like how do we relate to anti-Zionists that we know? Like all, it's not only theoretical, it's also communal. Like how do you make, you know, communal lines? So there's like a whole lot of questions that we can really go into, that we should go into from here. I agree. I just am incredibly thankful for Zionism, <laughs> and I'm going to leave it at that. That's okay. I am. Listen, I I am. I'm I'm thankful for Zionism. I thought you I were going to say I'm incredibly so thankful to be in this conversation with you. <laughs> well, I'm also I'm also thankful to having the conversation with you, and and for not getting exclusively a bad rating on things that I said today. So that's that's actually I'm I'm, I'm a winner tonight. But listen, um, I want to make sure that. I want to make sure people email us at wonderingjews at jewishunpacked.com because we love the questions that are coming in and we want to explore a lot of questions together. We're going to be doing this every single week. So lots to unpack and explore together. Yeah, send questions, send feedback, send thoughts, send interesting dates in Jewish history, anything. I must be a lot of fun to hang out with at parties. (laughs) Like a lot of fun. (laughs) Wondering Jews is a production of Unpacked, a division of Open Door Media. Subscribe to Wondering Jews wherever you're listening to this pod and follow Unpacked at all the social media places. Just look for at Jewish Unpacked. And most of all, be in touch. Write to us at wonderingjews at jewishunpacked.com. This episode was hosted by Michal Piton and Noam Weissman. Audio was edited by Rob Perra and were produced by Rivki Stern. <laughs>